The follow-up is simple. Ask a question, listen to the answer, then follow up. I'm your host, Noah Kozlov. Enjoy. The follow-up today is with Rachel Sobel. We've been friends since we were teenagers. She is the co-executive producer for CNBC's The Deed Chicago. She was a co-executive producer of Kitchen Crashers. She's worked on many other DIY shows and plenty of home shows throughout her production career. So, Rachel, what's the secret that viewers don't know? Take us behind the scenes of these shows. I would say the biggest secret is probably the fact that a lot of the projects just don't work. Um, We come up with them, we prep them, we go to shoot them, and when it comes time to actually do them, they just don't work. Um, The best one, my favorite one of all time, was a table, giant dining room table, which we decided we were going to cover in pennies, and then we were going to fill with resin, and then the resin was going to dry, and it was going to be this huge table with all these brand new pennies, and it was just going to be like a -a one-of-a-kind art piece. Well, you know, we find the table, we built the table, we fill the thing with pennies, we pour the resin in, we leave it to set, and the next day we come back to shoot, you know, the after, and the resin is still like it, like we poured it five minutes ago. So um, the lesson I learned there is that resin has two parts, part A and part B, and if they're not mixed properly, it will never dry for all of eternity. Um, no one told me that at the moment, so what do I do? I get all of my production assistants to buy hair dryers and have them stand in the sun for like three hours trying to dry the resin, which obviously never works, never dries, um, which then led to us having to reconstruct a second table. The problem with, so the problem is when the project goes wrong and you've already shot half of it, you have to find a way to make it work on the other end or else then the whole project Mm -hmm. is gone. So we had to, you know, find all new pennies, which meant going to like 15 different banks and getting rolls of pennies, buying a custom piece of glass that was cut to the right size and putting it on and thinking it looked like that's how it all worked out. Um, that's my best one. But. So, then, so, then, right, so then how much how much more time and money is spent on correcting mistakes on these shows? I mean, I'm not going to lie. That table was probably, you know, maybe 200 bucks to do. And I think we probably spent 2000 trying to fix it. Um, but it was, we couldn't, there's no choice. You know, that you've already, that's your story point. That's your project and you have to make it work. Um, I actually did have some viewers write in asking why we didn't mix the resin, which shows that oftentimes the viewers know more than you do. Um, but yeah, I mean, usually with any home improvement show, there's just not enough days to actually film what the, the show is. So you have to find a way to show as much as you can in that time frame and get the project done, even if it means, I guess, skipping steps, which backfires sometimes. Are the reactions natural and real? I'd give it about, I'd say 50% of the time, it's a true, genuine reaction. Um, It just depends. You know, the problem is that anybody that has done a home, has done any sort of renovation knows you don't just get cabinets and they show up the next day. They have lead times. And a lot of the stuff we have to order has lead time. So oftentimes we have to ship it to the home where the home improvement show is going to happen. And so these boxes are sitting in their basement for six, eight, ten weeks while we're waiting for our production date. So the good homeowners don't peak. And when they see stuff, they're actually really excited about it. 
The bad ones will Google serial numbers and know what everything looks like before we walk in the door, which is always my least favorite thing. Ever work with nightmare homeowners? Oh, yes. Definitely have some nightmares. Um, It's funny because people are always really excited and really generous and open with you until they start seeing kind of what goes in their house. Because in a lot of situations, they don't have control over it. They told us what they like and don't like, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's what they're getting. So I had one homeowner where we, so we leave a GoPro up at night because um, we kind of leave the house and the paint. People still work all through the night. It's, it's around the clock, basically. And um, the best is watching the footage of people coming in after you leave and like walking around and like pointing and hating things and moving them and all that stuff. <laughs> so we definitely get people that get stuff they don't like and they're very verbal about it. We even have, we've had some people that like, they suddenly turn off our internet. Like we can't get on the internet in a shoot and we don't know why that's because they're just horrible. Um, you know, that won't come out of their room. Like, cause by the last couple of days they're stuck in their house and they're sick of you and you know, you're knocking on their door, like it's time for your scene and like they won't come out or, or they go to like disappear and get their kids, but they're gone for like five hours or, you know, it's stuff like that. Like the pe- people are gen, like for the most part, everyone's awesome, but it's just like everyone else in the world. The bad comes out, you know, <laughs> when they're sick of you. And how is this, how is these types of experiences working on these shows impacted how you handle things in your own home? Wow. <laughs> You would think I've learned from my own mistakes, but I've, I've learned a lot. Um, but actually, my husband and I just bought a house last year and gutted it down to the studs and did our own renovation. Um, luckily, I got to hire all my favorite people to come put it together and do it. Um, but I learned a lot. I learned a lot, a lot about what's timeless versus what's a trend and which way you want to go and when it's time to take a risk and when it's not. I mean, I'm not a designer, but I've seen enough designs come across you know, my desk for these shows that I've learned kind of what's, what's out there and what you can do. And kind of, I don't know, I feel like we, I really have a style that I never had before I did this show. When you, when you say that you understand the difference between what's a trend and what's timeless, when, when you see other people on these shows who are picking out things like the, I guess the quote unquote customer, the people that are being worked on, their homes are being worked on. Do you ever talk them out of things and tell them, no, no, look, this is, that's not going to work. Yeah, I think, well, my biggest thing is a lot of the times the way these shows work is we as the production ask the homeowner what they want, and then we take what they want and we design it for ourselves. Like, there's a designer that's hired on, whether it's the host or whether it's a ghost designer. And they make the design based on, you know, kind of what the homeowner said, but also, you know, doing something different or trying something new. Or, And the problem is every homeowner says, I want a white kitchen I want gray walls, I want white subway tiles. It's just always the same thing. So a lot of the time, the host or myself, or it depends on what type of show we're doing, whether the production is more involved or the host is more involved, um, tries to talk them out of it and show them that there's other stuff out there that's just as nice that isn't what every single person has. Um, and it's okay to try something new. You know, the flip shows are a lot different than shows about somebody that lives there and you're doing their kitchen and they're going to live in it a flip you know you want to design for a broader spectrum of people so the choices are different than if somebody is in their own kitchen and you're like come on just take a chance and get the countertops that have like dollar bills shredded in them you know there's cool stuff if you're willing to take a chance how do these people get picked for these types of shows 
It totally depends. Kitchen Crashers was the best because we would roam rows <laughs> up and down the aisles, literally walking up to people and asking them what they were there shopping for. And, like, you could have a lady that was there in her bathrobe shopping for a light bulb, and we're like, tell us about your kitchen. And they tell us about our kitchen and be like, you know what, we're coming home with you. And we would legitimately go home with them, <laughs> see what their kitchen was like, and, like, decide if that person was going to get a free kitchen. And that was awesome. Um, and the best would be people that would see us. Well, there were two types. There were the types that would see us and know who we were and kind of, like, stalk us and, like, keep ending up at the end of the, <laughs> the row waiting for us. Um, which I mean, like I could spot those people a mile away. Like, what do you mean you're in the paint section one minute and then you're in like lawn care, the next, you know, just waiting for us. Um, and then there's the people that say like, Oh my gosh, you cannot film me. Like, look what I look like. Like I have no makeup on. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, but you're out in the world like that right now. And everyone can see. So like, yeah, we're, we're still filming you and you're going to do this. And then as soon as they find out they're getting a free kitchen, they're really excited. Um, so that's one way. And then, and then there's other, you know, it depends on the show format and kind of what the show's all about. But some people apply um, on the flip shows. You know, that's, the deed is a lot. That, people apply to the deed. People are asking for help with their flips for the deed. So it's kind of like a big application and casting process. Um, it just depends. Would you ever want to be on? I, you know, <laughs> when we were doing our own house, a lot of people are saying, like, you guys should totally be on a show because we were juggling a newborn baby, moving to the suburbs, like, getting this house and basically homelessness because we had to get out of our apartment in the city. And, you know, I, I thought to myself, it would have been fun, but now that I know what it takes to, like, be in production on one of these reno houses, probably not. I mean, you have, it's dusty, it's dirty there's already 15 contractors in your house and now there's 15 production people in your house and they're eating and peeing and pooping in your house. And I mean, it's just like, it's a crazy situation to have a home renovation show in your house. Not to mention you're doing it in like a really, really quick amount of time. So what would be, I mean, we built kitchens in four days. Um, if anyone's ever done a reno, they know it's like six months. Um, but it was just like we had everything there and ready to go. So in the sense of it getting done quickly, yeah. But, I mean, I feel like the PTSD from having everyone in your house, probably not. Last one. Have your parents asked you to be on the show? Oh, yeah. My parents, my cousins, my sister. No, not my sister. She's in the house. Everybody and every, you know, anybody wants to be on our shows. Like, that is one thing. At, you know, a dinner party, it's always like, I have a I have a project for you. Like I'm sure you do. <laughs> Everyone has a project. Um, but my parents, their house. I've told my mom this. I'm like, I would do it because your house needs it. But my mom wouldn't live through the first thirty minutes of it. The minute she'd see everybody roll up and know how many people are going to be in the house, no way. She would have to be like committed. Seriously, I don't think it would go well. Rachel, thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks. So you can watch Rachel's show, The Deed Chicago Season 2 premieres in September on CNBC. I remember when Rachel was producing Gangland. She was going into some of the harshest prisons in America to interview gang members and thinking that it was probably the best part of their day to get to see her. 
and she goes from that to her own home renovations and others in the suburbs and flipping houses in the city. You just never know. Your ratings and reviews mean a lot, so please continue to click those five stars on iTunes and leave a quick review. Some have been very touching. I really appreciate it. Remember, we can always continue the conversation on Twitter and Facebook at Noah Kozlov, C-O-S-L-O-V, and follow me on Instagram at Run. Thanks for taking the time to join us on The Follow-Up. The Follow-Up is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W dot com.